With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Baba Kamadav Tesvav, page 15. We begin six lines in, the second to last word. Women are included in the concept of damages. How do we know this? And we have a Bryce like this that was, says in, that was said in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel. The verse says like this. If a man or a woman shall do of any of the sins, men and women are made equal in this regard to any kind of uh, punishments that are in the Torah. So already we see that men and women are equal. So in regards to losase's forbidden things, so women are included. And therefore in regards to any kind of damages, women are also included and they have an obligation to pay. The Yeshiva Rabbi Lazar had the following rice. The verse says, these are the laws that you shall place in front of them. What does it say? Them, it's saying men and women are equal in regards to these laws. In regards to all of the laws of the Torah. learn as follows. The verse says, And an animal shall kill a man or a woman. The Torah makes men and women comparable in regards to all deaths in the Torah. And when you need all three of these different verses, if we only had the first verse, over there, the Torah cares about her in order that she should have some kind of atonement for her sin. So therefore, that's why the Torah obligates her to pay. But in regards to when it comes to any kind of damages that are caused uh, in financial matters, let's say, so there, the Torah only requires a man who's usually involved in business dealings to have to pay for any kind of damages that are caused in business. And if it had taught me the concept of any damages that are caused in business deals, because otherwise people are not going to want to deal with her. If she doesn't have to pay them if they cause her damage, no one's going to want to deal with her. So she's going to need to have some kind of parnasa, some kind of livelihood. So we might have said that in regards to a kapara where she has to pay and she has to get some kind of atonement, so maybe it's only in regards to a man because he has more mitzvos than a woman. So he needs more atonements, but she doesn't need as much atonement because she doesn't have as many mitzvos. only said these two, so in this case, the reason that she's included is because she needs to get an atonement. And in this case, because she needs to be able to have a parnasal livelihood. Let's say a case where she got killed. Maybe a man, only a case where a man got killed, is there an obligation to pay? Because since he has mitzvahs, he has more commandments, there's an obligation for the, for the owner of the animal to pay, the kofir, the, which is a replacement for what he lost. He lost much more. He lost out on much more mitzvahs, the commandments. So he has to pay that to the children. But not in regards to a woman. She didn't lose out as much when she died. And if I had only said the halacha in regards to kofer, that uh, you have to pay if she gets killed, because a soul has been lost, she died. But in the other two cases, so where there's no loss of life, so we wouldn't have been able to learn those out. That's why it's necessary to say all the different cases, all the different options in regards to nezek, she is included. We said in the Mishnah that both the person who got damaged and the person who caused the damage, they're involved in the payment. What does that mean that they're both involved? How is the damagee involved in getting in, in the payment? Itmar, we learned in a memory. Palga Niska, in regards to Chatzin Ezek, when you're having to pay only half the damages, for instance, by Karen, an animal who gores the first three times, Rapapa Amar Mamonis. Rapapa says that that payment that you're paying, the Chatzin Ezek, is actually a monetary obligation. Rav Huna, brother Yeshua Amar, Rav Huna, the son of Yeshua, says like this, Kenas, actually, no. It's not a monetary obligation, but rather it's a fine. We're going to see what this means 
right away. Rapapa Amar Mamoino, he holds that in fact there's a monetary obligation, because he holds Stam Shvarm Laveheskashimur Kaiman, that most oxen, when we talk about any ox, we can assume that they're not properly watched. And really, you should have to pay the entire damages because he's responsible. However, the Torah had Rachmanus on him, so to speak. The Torah cared about him. Because it hasn't done it three times, it's not so common, and therefore the Torah said you only have to pay half the damages. But really, the, the amount that you're paying, you're paying because there's a monetary compensation that you owe. Rav Huna, the son of Yeshua, says, however, actually, there's a fine. Why? Because he holds that in fact, it, we don't assume that the ox is going to go out and cause damage, and therefore, really, you shouldn't have to go and pay anything because it wasn't his fault that it caused the damage. However, the Torah required him to pay because it's a fine in order that people properly watch their shvarm, their oxen, and make sure that they don't go out to cause damage. Not. We learned in the Mishnah Hanizak Bahamazik Bitashlumen that both the damagee and the one who caused the damage they're both involved in the payment. Bishlam Lamanda Amar Paganiz Gumamona. So it's very good according to the one who says that when you pay Hatzinez, when you pay half the damages, the first three times it causes damage, that that's considered a monetary compensation. Hainu the Shayach Nizak Bitashlumen. That's how we can say that the Nizak, the person who got damaged, so he's also paying. Why? Because really he should get the full amount, the full, let's say the, the shore that got damaged was 200 shekels, so he should get the full 200 shekels. He's only getting half, so in a certain sense, he's actually paying out of his pocket half of the value of his shore that was owed to him. According to the one who says that Chatzinez is going to pay half the damages, that's actually just a fine. So, first of all, the needs like the damage is not getting even money that he deserves. What would we say that he has some kind of payment that he's making? So how is he, how is it included, the, the needs like the person who got damaged, how is he included in payments? There is a place where he's losing out out, in a certain sense, he's paying off. In regards to the pachas nevela, what the animal is going down in value from the time that the animal got damaged to the time that the hamad bedin occurs, that the that the final court convenes and says how much the person is going to owe him. So they determine how much is owed minus from the amount that it was originally the animal was originally worth when it died, and they don't take into account the fact that it went down in value. That's what the nizik actually loses. The person who got damaged actually loses that. So that's what it's coming to teach us when it says that the nizak, the damage is included in some kind of tashlum and he's paying off. So Gemara says, wait, if that's what it's coming to teach us, we already learned that in the first part of the, of the Mishnah. Tashlum nezek, from the fact that it says that there's an obligation for him to pay it with the, on the mazak, the person who caused the damage, there's an obligation for him to pay the remainder of the damage. This teaches us that there's a remainder. He's not just paying the damage, but he's paying what's left after the nevela, after the dead carcass is taken into account, how much it was worth when it got killed. So we already saw this concept that there's pchas nevela that it goes whatever goes down in value that that's the nizak's problem it's the problem of the person who got damaged so we already know this concept so why do we have to say it again over here so the Gemara answers we could say that we need to teach it in two different cases one is coming to teach us that in regards to a case where it was a time the animal caused damage was uh, had not previously damaged three times the chad and one is talking about where it had already get damaged three times we need to say in both cases that the nevela the dead carcass goes to the person 
person who got damaged, and he's the one who loses out if it goes down in value. The Iyashmin on Tam, that if I had taught us this concept in regards to Tam, an animal that had not previously damaged three times, because it had not previously caused damage. That's why the owner of this animal who caused the damage is not going to be obligated to deal with the with the carcass. But, but if the person who caused the damage, the, the animal had already done it three times, perhaps he would have the responsibility to deal with the carcass, and we wouldn't leave it for the person who got damaged. And if I had said the case where someone, indeed, the animal had uh, gored three times already, he's already paying the full damages, so maybe that's why he doesn't have to deal with the carcass, the one who caused the damage. But in a case where he's only paying half, so then maybe, no, maybe he would indeed have to uh, be involved in the carcass. That's why I said, tell, tell us this in both cases. Now the Gemara continues. We're going to bring a proof as to who is correct. What's the difference between a, an animal that never gored three times yet and an animal that already did? An animal that did not gore three times yet, so it has to pay only half the damages, migufo, from the body of the animal itself. However, when an animal is already gored three times, so then it pays full damages, and it pays even not just from the body of the animal, but even from uh, the best property. And if it was correct, listening, nami ha, if it's true that it's a knas, that it's a fine, like Rav Huna of Yeshua had said, so then we should have another case, another difference between a tam and a muad. Because since when a tam causes damage, when it hasn't previously gored three times, and it causes damage, you only have to pay half the damages. Why is that? Because of a fine. So we have a concept that whenever there's a fine, if you admit to the fine, so then you don't have to pay it at all. So why don't we say that that's the difference, that in the case of a tam, if you admit, so then you don't have to pay. In the case of a muad, so even if you admit, you still have to pay. So the Gemara answers Tana Vishir. So, and actually, it said most of the cases, but it left out some cases, which is this case. My Shir, what did it leave out? The High Shir, it only left out this case? No, it left out another case. Shir Chatzi Kaifer. It also left out a case where, if let's say you're paying half the damages, we talk about a person who got killed, so you have to pay if the person was killed by an animal that had already gored three times, then you have to pay full Kofer. But if it had not previously gored three times, so not only don't you pay half the Kofer, half the value of the person as a slave, but you don't pay Kofer at all, says Rashi. So that's another case that was left out, and therefore we could say that it left out both of these cases. So the Gemara says, but the truth is that in regards to Chatzik Kofer, that's not considered something that got left out. How many? Because we could say that this Braisa is who? It's Rabbi Yisrael HaGlilihi, the Amar Tamashlam Chatzik Kofer, who holds that in fact, it does pay Chatzik Kofer. So therefore, there's no proof either way as to whether the concept of Chatzik Nezek, of paying half of damages, is considered a Knas, a fine or not. Ta Shema. We'll try to bring a different proof. We turn to Daf Tesvavim Abayis, page 15b. Hahimis shur as plenty. Let's say a guy says, my shur, my ox killed so-and-so. Oh, shur shall plenty, or my ox killed so-and-so's ox. So he does have to pay based on his own words. My labatam. Maybe this is talking about a case where it's uh, it has not previously gored, and therefore it's going to be a proof that it's not a fine. Moran says, no, you can't prove anything because we could be talking about a case where it had previously gored three times. So it's going to be the halach in regards to if it had not previously gored three times. You would not, in fact, be able to pay on your own. If that's the case, that which it says in the end of the Brisa, so it says a case where you don't pay based on your own words. If let's say you said that your ox went and killed a certain slave, because that case is a case of a knas, where it's a fine. So, why do we see a totally different case? Why don't we say by the first case, the first case we're talking about, but in the case of Atam, 
that in a case where it had not previously gored three times, that it wouldn't pay on its own. Why? Because it's a knas, if that indeed was true. Our answer is no. That we want to talk only about cases of muad, and that's why the case that we say that you don't have to pay is a case of a slave. Toshima. We'll try to bring a different proof as to who is correct, whether the concept of chatzinezik is a knas, whether it's a fine, or whether you're actually paying for the monetary damage. This is the general Anyone who pays more than the damage that he caused Rashi says this is a case where you're paying the 30 of a slave If your animal killed a slave So that's considered a knas, a fine Therefore you don't pay it if you admit it to it Maybe that would imply that if it was less than what you're supposed to pay Then you would pay even though you admitted to it Thus we're proving that when it's chatzinezik Which is less than the full amount Where it's half the payment So that's not considered a knas. It's not considered a fine. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to pay. You wouldn't have to pay, I'm sorry, if you admitted to it. So the Gemara answers lie, that it's not a good proof. Ha What the implication is that you don't pay based on your own admission only if it's more. But if it's exactly the amount that you're supposed to pay, then you do pay even if you admit. But what's going to be the case where it's less? You wouldn't pay because it could be, we could explain this by to mean that in a case where it's less than that, it's a half a, it's half the Nezek, so it's considered a knas, it's considered a fine, and therefore when you admit to it, you don't have to pay. says if that's true, this that it says that this is the general any time that you pay more than the damage you don't pay based on your own words listen it should say it differently anyone who's not paying the exact amount that he's supposed to pay based on what he caused the damage that would tell us both if he's paying more where it's a fine or he's paying less because it's a fine to Yufta, so that's a good proof that in fact Rafun Bred Yeshua said it's a knas, it's a fine, is wrong. The Hilchasa and the Halacha is Paganiska Knasa. That in fact, when you pay Chasinezik, it is a fine. The Gemara says, What's going on? Tiyufta Vihilchasa? You just proved that the, the statement was wrong. And then you said the Halacha is like that? The Gemara says, In. Yes, the Halacha is in fact like that. Time of my Havya Tiyufta. Why was it a question? Mishundalikatani Kimoshehizik. Because it doesn't say that the only time that you pay when you admit is only when it's exactly the amount. Yeah, you know why it said that? Leipzigale. Because it wasn't something that I could say across the board there is a case where you're paying less than you're supposed to, than the amount that you cause damage for instance when there's half the damages you pay when let's say the animal's walking along and it shoots up something that case is not a knas it's not a fine even though you're paying half the damages it's actually considered that you're paying the monetary value that you're supposed to pay and that's why it specifically had to say that if you're paying more than monetary value then if you admit you're not going to have to pay because only that's the only case that we can say across the board that, that it's considered a knas that it's a fine, and therefore that's the case that was mentioned. However, in fact, the halacha will be the chatzinezik, the half payment, is considered a fine. Now the Gemara says the hashdam is palganisku kanasa. Now that we're saying that that's true, high kabel the achal imri v'shunra the achal tarnagoy. Let's say you have a, a dog that eats a sheep, which is very unusual, or you have a cat that eats a rooster, which is also unusual. Mashunahu, it's unusual. We do not go and collect such a case in Babylonia because the halacha is that in Babylonia they weren't allowed. 
allowed to do any kind of judgments that had to do with knusses with fines. And that's only talking about where there are big animals that got eaten up. But if the animals that got eaten up were smaller, so then that's a normal way for it to happen. And therefore it's something that they can judge in Babylonia because that's a regular monetary case. And if the guy, meaning in the case where we can't judge it, the guy grabbed from the person who caused him damage, so we don't take it away from him. And if he says, please set me a time because I'm going to Israel and I want to have my court case in Israel. So we set it for him. And the guy who's challenged, the guy who theoretically may owe him money, has to go after him. If he doesn't go, then we put a ban upon the guy. That we put him in a ban until he takes away that animal, he kills that animal that caused the damage. Like the statement of Rabbi Nassim, the time we learned in the Bryce, Rabbi Nassim, I mean, Rabbi Nassim says, how do we know that a person is not allowed to grow uh, vicious dogs in his house? And is not allowed to, to leave a, a ladder, which is a dangerous ladder in his house. Because the verse says, Not to cause blood to, to flow in your house. My season will begin the next Mishnah. There are five cases of a case where you have, it didn't previously gore, so therefore you only pay chatzin ezek. There are five cases where you pay full damages. The, the animal is not considered a muad. It's not considered that it gore three times. When it gores for the first two or three times, if not to push something, not to bite, it's not to crouch and cause damage, not to kick and cause damage. So then we have five cases where there is, it's it's right away you have to pay full damages. For instance, where it ate something, something that's appropriate for, the foot, so right away you have to pay damages if it, if it caused damage as, it walk, as it's walking along. You have an ox that already gored three times, or an ox that causes damage in the domain of the person who, who got damaged, and a person, those are the five different cases. A wolf or a lion, and a bear, and a leopard, and some other kind of spotted beast, and a snake. All of these, if you own them and they cause damage, you have to pay for them right away. Relazar says, if they are domesticated, so then there's no obligation to pay right away, meaning the first three times that they cause damage, so in fact you have to pay just like an ox. However, a snake, so you always have to pay full damages right away. The Gemara begins, From the fact that we said that a shane, that when an animal eats and causes damage, that there's there's an obligation to pay right away, you have to pay full damages, so we can deduce that we're talking about a case where it caused damage in the domain of the person who got damaged. And we said, And we said that in that in such a case, that an animal, if you're talking about carrying a case of goring, so you only pay half the damages. So money, Rabbanani. So who is this? This is the rabbis. Who hold that in fact, when you have a karen, when you have uh, an animal goring in the domain of the person who got damaged, so you only pay half the damages as opposed to be tarifin. So it says in the sefer, if you let's say you have an ox that already gored three times, or an ox that gores in the domain of the nizik, adam and a man, also the bitarfin. So there it's saying that there's an obligation to pay full damages right away. So that sounds like a bitarfin. He's the one who says that when you have karen, you have a goring that takes place in the domain of the person who got damaged, you pay full damages. Would that imply that the beginning of the Mishnah is the rabbis and the end of the Mishnah is a bitarfin? 
Shemuel The Mar says, yes, indeed. The Amar Le Shemuel, the Rav Yehuda Shemuel, said to Rav Yehuda, Shinna, sharp one, Shavoyk Masnisim, leave the simple explanation of the mission of the Torah and follow after me. Rish Rabbanan, Vesefer Rabbi Tarfin. The beginning of the mission is, is the rabbis, the end is Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Lazar Mishpah, the Rav Amar, Rabbi Lazar, in the name of Rav, said as follows, Kula Rabbi Tarfin, that the entire mission is in fact Rabbi Tarfin. Rish Rabbachatz from Yochedes Leperis, Le'echad. And why in the first case does Rabbi Tarfin say that you only have to pay half the damages? Because he holds that the case is talking about a case where it's a courtyard that was designated for one person for his use in order to bring in fruits there and for both of them to be able to bring their oxen in there in regards to Shane, in regards to the damages caused by an animal eating so it's considered the chatzer, the courtyard of the person who got damaged and therefore you're going to have to pay full damages but in regards to Karen, in regards to Goring it's considered like a public place and therefore all you're going to have to pay is half the damages even according to Rabbi Tarfan